everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Friday, the 13th, October 13th, 2023. It's getting a little spooky out there. The Saints won a game. It's uh, getting dark before 7 p.m. Lock your doors, New Orleans. I think they already do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone, Poke and Kush. We are so happy to have you here. I am Scott Kushner, alongside my trusty friendo, Mr. Andrew Polk. You nailed the intro, so that's how I know it's going to be a good episode. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have to do it like four times. Yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> seemed like you've been warming up out in the van, maybe. <laughs> Been just punching the steering wheel, getting ready with my welcomes. You know, it's, uh, sometimes whenever you do the patented Kush welcome, yeah, it makes my dog pee. <laughs> like probably like at least like three or four times that has happened. Are you serious? I swear to God, she tells you that. Oh yeah. Well, not the dog. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be weirder. <laughs> All right, well, we should start recording somewhere else then. No. I should just record outside the welcome part and then come in and do the rest of the to show. To be fair, at this point in the dog's life, <laughs> if the wind blows, she pees in the house. But Well, I apologize to your girlfriend and to the dog. Well, that's okay. That is tough. They both pee whenever you do it. <laughs> it's like, what was that, South Park, the brown note, you know? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, things are good. Thing, the weather is very nice. Yeah, people seem to be happy. Uh, mm. You know, as happy as they're going to get here. Oh yeah, that's for well, the salt water has been. You know, Jesus has come in, turned salt water into fresh water, yeah. and we're uh, we're making things work. There's horrible stuff going on in other parts of the world, and I'm making myself crazy every time I look at the internet, but we're going to ignore all of that stuff for right now. doesn't exist in the Polk and Kush universe. Not in this world, it doesn't, baby. Uh, we're going to completely put all that to the side, and I'm going to ask you, how's it going? Pretty good. <laughs> Comparatively, I suppose. Sure. It's been a busy week for you. Yes. Um, it's been a busy week for me. I am just happy to be wearing pants again yeah i i was always a steadfast pants man just because it's like nobody my legs are no one's business <laughs> nobody needs to see them if you see me in shorts there's been a fire <laughs> we're we're in a heat dome yeah yes. if you if you see me in shorts it's because my house is on fire and i had to run out yes it's jean season baby oh yeah we're firmly in it yeah you're wearing them right i don't think i've ever seen you in <laughs> pants <laughs> i had to do tv uh this afternoon i'm on final bet for anyone who's uh, listening to this show as Final Bet is airing. Woo. I don't want to give those one minute until they have me on. I'm editing out that you were on there until they break the tontine and have me on. That's Yes, that'll be next. And they're going to be like, hey, Andrew, what do you think of the whatever? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch it. What do you think about Taysom? Up. Oh. What's to think? I don't know. Did you guys see season four of The Sopranos? Yeah. I'm watching it again. <laughs> Anyone here seen The Departed? <laughs> it comes on in my house every other month. Well, that's fun. You wore <laughs> pants for the show where no one can see your legs. Yes, that's okay. true. Well, you just kind of feel like a doofus sometimes if you show up in a decent shirt mm -hmm. and <clears throat> shorts. And it yeah. was like, you know, in the 70s today. So you're like, eh, I can't really get away with it. When it's 100, you're like, yeah, whatever. You should have worn a tuxedo top and then <laughs> basketball shorts. It's top like hat, and yeah. one basketball shorts. <laughs> well, that's good. How'd it go? Fine. Did you plug the show? Uh, yeah, we did get a plug in there. Yeah. So everybody listening, because they heard the uh, Juan Kincaid say the name Poke and Kush for one second. They ran to their phones. They did. And punched it in. Uh, then yeah, welcome. We're glad to have you. Yeah, here. welcome to reality. 
yeah, I uh, I, th- I like doing that show. Yeah, I don't have to, I don't do it all that often. I do it like once a month, mm-hmm. and we just talk about gambling. And I don't I think they're kind of under the impression that no one's watching it like seriously. Yeah, like Fourth Down on Four, which I've done many times, like is very kind of buttoned up. Yeah, and even Fletcher's show is like fairly buttoned up. Uh, this gambling one, I think it airs like once at ten thirty at night on Thursdays, and they just and it's about gambling, so they I just kind of let it fly. It. I always see it for How? some reason. Do you watch a lot of Fox Eight? They leave the news. They why we leave the news on. <laughs> I'm trying to not sound like I'm an old person. The housekeeper who comes through, our nurse who works here. We yes. are a progressive household. We don't gender each other. <laughs> Some they left the TV on. Now, for some reason, I don't know. We're watching, you know, MASH on channel 4.9. And then it somehow flips over to the final bet. It's a good show. Did you make predictions? Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing that's crazy this year is that I have only deposited one time. For wow. football this year. But I, it was $10,000. It was $150,000. <laughs> I took out all the equity in my home and put it into my DraftKings account. Um, yeah, I I put in like a very normal amount of money, like five units worth to start the football season. And I haven't had to touch it since. Wow. So I feeling like that's a huge win. And that's why my kids are eating so well. That's this great. Fall. Yeah, it's been good. McDonald's for breakfast, Burger King for lunch, Wendy's good, for dinner. Goodbye library, going to the bookstore. <laughs> a big month for the big, big couple months for the Oh, Coasters. yeah, you're protesting the library right now. Always protest yeah. the library. Yes, you have to protest the library. <laughs> if they read books that, you know, if you can go into a library and see something that, or read words that might be graphic in nature, yeah. I don't know how you're ever going to come back from that. I mean, is there anything kids like more than cracking open a giant book <laughs> and see where they can find yeah. some sexual innuendo <laughs> meanwhile they literally take their ipads and like go into corners oh, and yeah. like i have no idea what they're doing my son discovered dude perfect the other day which is, is basically built for him like dude perfect is just a bunch of guys in there i guess they're in their 30s now it's like five guys in texas and all they do is like throw footballs off the top of skyscrapers into basketball hoops have you ever seen these people uh I, i'm aware of what you're speaking they're of. basically christian youth without the christianity they're not like tearing phone books in half no but they're you know but they like, like oh, we're gonna drive a car and you're gonna throw a you know a nerf football at me from 400 yards away and i'm gonna catch it with one that kind of thing and so my son just thinks it's the greatest thing in the world but these guys you can all tell went to your homeschool yeah you know they were in the homeschool basketball team. oh lord like, i think two of them were named cody you know <laughs> like it is it's a it's a group of, they're a little magoo um and so he's discovered that now I, I don't know how long he'd been watching that for i was like thank god it's this you yeah know? you know but we're out here worrying about the library and what's in there i'm like i they got access to a lot of stuff here, and Lord knows I'm not regulating it. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't know about any of the books that these people are upset about if they weren't reading them to Congress <laughs> and then showing them on the news. Like, I don't think kids, you know, it's like when somebody gets really mad about yeah. like when a comic makes an off-color joke, they repost that joke yes. millions of times. Yes. So everyone sees it. You're amplifying it. That's what's happening with, you know, my dad, my two dads yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you I know, think that was a show on Nick at Night. Probably. Yeah. Michael Richards. There would have been, you know, what, 150 <laughs> people were in that theater. And instead, uh, you know, how many 50 million people were Everyone exposed in the world to yeah. just like insane ranting of him just screaming the N word at the crowd. Yeah. You know, he's I, stealing your bit. <laughs> uh, I mean, I agree. There's just a whole thing. Yeah. And then reading the books and uh, of all the things in the world to be worried about the fact that these honkies are worried about (laughs) library books is just beyond like have you know what a cell phone can do do you have you ever used a tablet like the the levels of depravity that you could get to not even on the dark web on the light web you can get anything you can see anything horrible horrible stuff and insanely uh psychotic 
messaging and whatever. And it's like, we're not going to do anything about that. Mm-hmm. We're not going and protesting Apple, you know, for that. But it's like, oh, yeah, in the way back in the <laughs> Dewey Decimal System, you know, way in the stacks, there's a book that talks about buttholes. Like, oh, well, <laughs> we got to shut that down right now. <laughs> Let's go in front of uh, the city council and yell at these people about it. Yeah, I'm going to pull out the microfiche to find out how to transition at home. The library is like the only nice place left. You go in there, it's, great. it's, it's clean. Yeah. The people are polite. Uh-huh. There's not that many people on the fo- on speakerphone at maximum <laughs> volume. There's always one homeless guy yeah. who's very much there to use the the bathroom slash the air conditioner. Yeah. And you just hope he kind of doesn't interact with your family. Yeah. So as long as you can avoid that guy, you're going to be okay. Yeah. That's that. That's the. But the problem with that is that's the guy that's going to go, hey, weren't you on the final bet last night? I watched it at the Greyhound station. And then I bet all your bets. And now I live here. So you owe me, uh, yeah. I'm, it's a uh, we. I go to a couple different Jefferson Parish libraries. They're lovely. The Orleans Parish libraries are fantastic as well. Uh, it's a great thing that no one, no one uses. Yeah, and uh, I think more people should use it, but don't because I don't want you there. <laughs> Continue to pay taxes toward it. Yeah, and do not go. That would be my preference for all of you listening. I think that's. And that's why you're running for city council. I've had two different campaign representatives ask me if they could put signs in the on the upper floor of my house. Huh. And I was like, no. No need to brag. Yeah. Two stories. <laughs> I was like, no. no. Like, why? What? I'm not a billboard. Like, and I don't be. support your candidate. Well, I don't not support your candidate, but I don't care. I assume your candidate is equally as incompetent as the other candidate. I mentioned next door on the previous episode. The currently on next door, people are complaining about uh, the situation that you have at hand. People are putting up signs on their fences and in their yards and stuff that apparently are not authorized. Yeah. And half the people are going, well, just throw them away. And the other half are like, you better email Jeff Landry. Tell him to get his sign. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And it's just overzealous. Yeah, he's like paying homeless people like five dollars a day to, you know, get some exercise and put signs in people's yards. It's always interesting to me that the signs are even a a thing. Yeah. It's a very odd. Like, I just saw somebody's the fact that you just see someone's name Mm -hmm. makes you think that you're more likely to vote for them. Yeah. Is I that true? It's not. Th- most of them don't say anything. They literally just say a name mm-hmm. with colors. Well, it's it's about brand recognition. You see the commercials. Sure. You see the signs. Some goobers at your front door. And then you go, man, I guess everybody's really backing Rurudo. Yeah. Which is all I can think when I see a sign <laughs> from Billy Madison. Rur- His name's Rizzuto. <laughs> All I can think is Rerudo every time I see it. Those are Z's. <laughs> and then I, I don't even know what like, yeah, he's running for alderman. I what what is an, <laughs> what does he do? Yeah, dude. All the camp City I, Judicial Advisor. What is that? I don't know. I keep getting texted. Do you get texted all these things? No. I've gotten I, I used a fake phone number when I registered. Good Lord. I get a text. 15 times a day of some video of some asshole with his daughters just being like, I'm the best congressman for what? Like, who cares? Sending you videos. Look at this. I'll show you after. It's I've gotten like 10 of them today. And it's always like a 45 second video of some guy standing there with his family. I'm like, I don't care that you have a family. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make me like you better that you have a family. Do you reply to them at all? I often will just say, stop. Okay. And occasionally when they ask me like a question, be like, are you planning to vote? Be like, we're not making it to tomorrow, dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you haven't heard the news. (laughs) There is not going to be an election. (laughs) Um, And then sometimes I'll just drop that, you know, like, what are you prepared to give me? Yeah. Give me $30,000. <laughs> if you Venmo me at Scott Kushner 
and just how much will you Venmo me in order to get my vote? I will do it. Yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think your opponent is any worse or better than you. I yeah. think you're all probably bad at this, which is why you've chosen to do city councils, that you probably can't do anything else. The commercials are funny because it's always a guy... You can tell he was like, all right, what do normal people wear? Yeah. <laughs> I've got it. Lee jeans and a button-up, and the button-up is untucked, and I don't have a belt on. And then they do, like, three takes of the commercial, and then he goes, ah, oh, what do normal people do? I'll roll up my sleeves. There's some guy, yeah. and he's never rolled up his sleeves before in his life <laughs> until this commercial. And he's standing by a mailbox. I don't know who this guy is, but he's standing by a mailbox, and he's like, I hate the mailbox. <laughs> Brings you nothing but bills and bad news. It's like nobody, nobody the gets the fucking mail, dude. I don't know his name, but that's somebody does. I guess I'm amazed that in a post-Trump world, uh-huh. it's not post-Trump, by the way. Well, I'm just saying after 2016, where he proved he could win by doing nothing that politicians sure. do. We've had the same standards in place for politicians for 40 years, and everybody's doing the same crap. Same recycled garbage over and over again. Now, believe me, I don't like Donald Trump, but he did do he kind of what pierced through was he was different. I think people appreciated that, and that's what got him to win. And then when you look at these local races, everyone is still doing the same crap. Wouldn't you just have an ad where you're sitting there eating McDonald's and you're like, you know what sucks? Fatsos. <laughs> you know who's not good? Poor people who don't pay taxes. And then you go vote for me. And then I feel like you'd win immediately. Oh, yeah. And instead, it's like, oh, I'm Scott Walker. Here I am in jeans with my daughters. And they're going to tell you that I'm funny. And it's like, <laughs> I don't what do I believe a word of what like how obvious this was like a written commercial that your family's like got like a gun in the back of their head as they're saying <laughs> like, come on, this is so it's just so phony. And it feels like how did nobody kind of learn the lesson that this is not the only way to do this. So my when I run for alderman. It will just be me inside of Arby's going like, you know what sucks? All of you. <laughs> the people who vote for me are good people. The rest of you suck and you're losers. And I don't want anything to do with you. And anyone who tells you that I'm not the best person at this is a, a fake and a loser, and they can go home and fuck themselves. This is going to be your fireside chat. It's going to be, be the Arby's roast beef side chat. It, I just don't understand how no one else is doing this. What's, just be mean. That's what works. We are normally correct on the show. I would yeah. say we are always ahead of the curve. We have great <laughs> ideas. I solved, uh, I don't know if you remember, but I solved the mystery explosion several years oh, ago. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, I've called out several people for crimes that I can't prove and mm -hmm. could be sued for. <laughs> but it's all been true. And we have great ideas. And once again, you've put one forward. And I, I think we need to work on this to yeah. get you elected comptroller. Comptroller, yeah. Sheriff. I think it could be the sheriff. Maybe so. You know who belongs in jail? Everybody. Everybody. Everybody you don't like. I had a friend, and he won a million dollars on a Big Bang Theory slot machine. <laughs> you mentioned that before, and which is he incredible. Ran, he tried to run for sheriff in Los Angeles <laughs> County. But when he went to like, like he had like a film crew and a huge party and I designed like his campaign posters and all this stuff and his website. And then when he went to sign the papers to run for sheriff, they were like, you have to have graduated high school. <laughs> and he hadn't. That seems uh, mean. So <laughs> how is that a requirement? I don't know. I don't know. You know who did graduate high school? Derek Carr. Oh. He graduated high school. He apparently graduated medical school because he somehow overcame an injury that everyone thought was going to knock him out for the season and has not missed any time as far as I've seen. Uh, he is now, I think, what is it, October 13th. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. Is that true? Yeah. So Because everything's solved. No problems anymore. The Saints went out to New England, won 34 to 0. They've got the Texans. I believe the Saints are favored uh, this week in Houston. Mm -hmm. And uh, things are peachy keen. I think everything is fixed. And the Saints are going to be great. 
Yeah. I hope you've booked your tickets to the Super Bowl. Uh, of course I have. Uh, whenever I saw Michael Thomas hugging people after a touchdown, that was that was all I needed. I mean, the, the game was, you know, no competition. The best Saints game of maybe the last two or three seasons. Yeah, I think it was Green Bay opener. Mm-hmm. Which I guess was right after Ida, so that was twenty one. Yeah, um, that was great, and this was probably the second best. Yeah. yeah, so Saints looked incredible. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! Yeah, you see, you're the best team in the NFL for twenty years. <laughs> yeah. You win six Super Bowls, and then you know what? You get a year and a half of mediocrity. <laughs> That's what you get. Eat it. <laughs> Eat it. Patriot. I hope those two decades of being incredible were worth it. I just can't believe those people still show up to the games. I uh, like, what's the point? I mean, they just hang out, drink beer, whatever. But like, it's still got to be an expensive ticket. Yeah, I was like, well, why would you even bother still getting invested? It's like we're never going to do that again. That was awesome. Like, what's the point? You know, I don't know. It's like you beat the game. Well, it really goes to show you uh, how much coaches don't matter. They don't. I know. (laughs) Except for Dennis Allen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me not. I I just want to be very clear that Dennis Allen is still a terrible head coach. It's a very bad head coach. And it does actually affect the Saints. Yes. Uh, The idea that you can play call your way into uh, winning NFL games is wrong. You have to have better players than the teams you play against. You know, the other uh, offensive genius is uh, Sean Payton. Uh, His offense stinks, too. Yeah. And then Kyle Shanahan, who probably is the best offensive mind, right, in the NFL because he hasn't had a really great quarterback and they've managed to do stuff. They have, like, 16 incredible offensive players. That's true. And they had a really good offensive group in Atlanta, too, when he was the offensive coordinator there. And I it, I believe there was, like, a year when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt that they were very bad mm-hmm. because it matters who's playing. The coach can only do so much. You can only execute what the coach – like, you, you have to execute what is being called. They don't have that ability. The Saints, for a lot, a lot of this season, did not have the ability to execute what they were doing because their offensive line was so horrifically bad. Against New England, it really didn't even matter, it felt like, because it felt like the Saints were starting every single drive either already in the end zone yeah. or like at the 25-yard line. It, it almost didn't feel like the Saints' offense did anything outside of like two or three drives. I don't know how much they actually scored on offense. It really seemed like... There was never a point where the defense had any moment of concern about mm-hmm. what was going on uh, from New England's offense. So a dominant defensive performance. I don't think the offense was necessarily fixed its problems, but certainly you can't walk away from that game being like upset about it or worried about it. I mean, it looked like everything is fixed against the Patriots. Sure. I mean, it seemed like it, it really seemed like the national coverage of the game was holy shit. The Patriots are bad. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, they've been trending that same way. But I mean, the Saints shut out Derek Carr. Uh, of course, I bet what I call the free money parlay, uh, yes. which is the under on every <laughs> single stat for Derek Carr. It was one and a half touchdowns. I think he had three just to spite me. So I will continue making that bet so the Saints go undefeated. This is what I would say on the final play. Uh, yeah, I mean, he looked fine, and they got Taysom involved a lot, which I like. And, and look, the, this, I, I think this game against Houston is probably uh, as important a game as they've had in a long time. We're like, the Saints, do, as we've mentioned a hundred times on here, don't play a lot of good quarterbacks. They don't play a lot of good offenses. C.J. Stroud is a pretty good quarterback. The Texans are an okay mm-hmm. team. This is the exact kind of game that you have to win. Uh, on the road, you're a one-and-a-half-point favorite, which means it's basically an even game. Uh, and this is if you're going to win a division or you're going to win nine, ten games, it almost has to be done on the backs of these types of like games, where which is... The other team is bad, but isn't horrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are okay, but not good. And you just have to kind of eke your way through. The Falcons beat them last week on a last-second field goal. I think it was like 19-20 to 20 was the final score. 
something like it was ugly. And I think it's going to be ugly again this week because Houston's not very good. The Saints aren't very good. But when you grind through a schedule like this, you can do it by kind of grinding through bad teams and finding a way to get enough wins. And, and this is all part of the architecture of how this team was built. Yeah, I mean, the Saints seem set up for a good little streak here. I mean, the team got to rest. It was not a nail-biter last week. Mm -hmm. The defense was not out there the entire time. They were barely out there at all. Yeah. Um, and Cam Jordan destroys young quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. It brings him back to five, six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. It is lifeblood for him to destroy a young quarterback's <laughs> dreams. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the Saints are set up pretty good here. I've only watched Houston games from a gambling app. Yeah. I have no idea about They're anything never on other television. than C.J. Stroud is pretty good. Yeah. They killed Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And that was one of those weird kind of things. I think a fullback return to kickoff for a touchdown. There's just weird games that happen in the NFL sometimes. Yeah. I don't think the Texans are that good. But they're certainly good enough to beat the Saints. Yeah, any team in the league could beat the Saints, and I yeah. think the Saints could possibly beat most teams in the league as well. Yeah, I think there's a handful that you definitely couldn't. But, but like, that speaks more to just how topsy-turvy the Saints are and yes. unpredictable. And, you know, the Derek Carr of Sunday is not comparable to a Derek Carr in a Saints jersey. No, but I also think we learned that this offense is significantly more comfortable with a lead. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a big part of the problem against Tampa, right? Was they could never really get a, a grip on the game because they couldn't get in the end zone. And as it started to slip away a little bit, you're kind of forced more and more and more into passing situations and things just completely fell apart. And if they are able to kind of keep control of the game, stay balanced, stay with all those, you know, football jargony things, mm -hmm. then they'll probably be at least mediocre most of the time uh, and not just rancid dog shit, which is what they were against Tampa. Yeah. Um, so it's going to come down to the defense helping your offense in that regard. And that's what happened against it. Uh, New England. Yeah. Certainly. Tyron Matthew got yes. the first touchdown. I don't think – I think that's the second time this season the defense has scored the first points for the Saints. Mm -hmm. Or the or special, special teams. Special teams, teams. yeah. 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 So, uh, so if something like that can give the Saints just a little breathing room, they're going to be a lot more comfortable overall. Yes. And, and, you know, I don't think it answered a lot of questions that game. It was nice to – have a relaxing, enjoyable Sunday of mm -hmm. watching the Saints beat the crap out of somebody. But if you turn that off after three hours and thought, oh, well, this is indicative of the war path the Saints are about to go down. It, it wasn't like watching the 49ers against the Cowboys that night. Mm -hmm. Or if you were a 49ers fan going like, oh, my God, we might <laughs> never lose a game. Like, we are a wagon that is, uh, you know, just going downhill. I don't think anybody is under the impression, anybody with a brain at least, is under the impression the Saints snapped their fingers and solved all their problems. But it was a very nice win, a much-needed win, and shows the exact way this team can get their way through the season. Because it's not that easy to just pick off wins even against mediocre to bad teams. Minnesota is, what, 1-4 right now? They were won, I think, 11 games last year, like, it is a grind every single week in the NFL. It's especially a grind when you don't have a quarterback you can really count on and you have a head coach that has shit for brains. These are hard things to overcome, but when you don't allow a point, it does make it a lot easier. And when your defense outscores the opponent seven to nothing, that makes life a lot better. Yeah, and the defense for the Saints is actually getting improved in this game because Marcus May is back yep. after, I believe, a three-game suspension for, mm. what was it, being cool? <laughs> what was it? What did he do? I think it was, he, like, pulled a, it was something with, like, a uh, something on the road. It was some sort of road rage incident of oh, some kind. Oh, well, in, I genuinely if it was in New remember. Orleans, I get it, dude. <laughs> I think it was on airline, actually. Good. Yeah, I could be wrong. Uh, so you know, whatever. That, that we're not gonna been... we're not gonna look up. No. 
I probably like cut him off going to Sam's <laughs> and he flew into a rage. Beat up the next person that honked at him. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but uh, I'm glad he's back. I guess. Yeah. I mean, the defense is still what they are, which is they they have they're a unit that is uh, a lot of veterans and they play a scheme that most of them know pretty well and they can really beat up a quarterback that's not on his game and most of the time these quarterbacks who are not good are not on their game and they're going to do a lot to try to confuse CJ Stroud and they were they obviously really wrecked Bryce Young they really wrecked Matt Jones they really wrecked uh Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. so it's not and really Jordan Love didn't do anything until the fourth quarter uh, of that other game so with the exception of of really like five quarters the whole season the Saints defense has been spectacular and I don't foresee that taking a step back unless there are significant injuries yeah when the Saints defense hasn't been a plus it's because they've been out there the entire game yeah they're the fourth oldest team in the league they're coming in this one a little rested a little confidence boost and I think they're going to be just fine are you on the Ken- Kendra Miller bandwagon he looks okay yeah i would still rather than had drafted tajay spears i'm just gonna always be biased in that yeah, way but I think, I think he's good mm-hmm. uh it will ultimately this whole thing is gonna come down to the offensive line mm-hmm. right and when they look okay and Derek carr can stand in the pocket and not get hit he looks good yeah. and i think that's true of a lot of quarterbacks in the nfl or like the difference between them being Good and bad is like, do you have two and a half seconds to look down the field and step into a throw? Because most of these guys are so incredibly talented that if they can do that, they can hit a a guy in a really Mm -hmm. tight window. Uh, Unfortunately, he has not had that often this season where either guys being open downfield or having the time to throw. And when he got that chance, he proved that he still has that ability. They're just not. They're still not good, and that's the part that you're like. I want to believe that thirty-four nothing was like a, a a turning point, but I know they're still not good. And even if they go to Houston and win, will I believe that they are good? And I don't know that. I think if you rattle off though, if you can beat Houston on the road after beating New England on the road and come back here and beat Jacksonville, that will be the first time that I am actually like. Okay, maybe a lot of what I thought coming into the season mm-hmm. was completely wrong. So far, I'm not there, and I'm not really that close to being there. Uh, but I am encouraged that the Saints, I think, are going to be at least interesting for the entirety of the year. I'm not depressed by the idea of that I'm mm-hmm. going to have to turn the game on Sunday. And that seems like a win in itself. Yeah. Right? I think so. Who dad? <laughs> Is that the most reluctant who dad? <laughs> Of all time. I mean, the the good thing is the Saints don't have to be good. And even what you're saying, coming back, beating Jacksonville, you don't have to be good to do any of that stuff. No. You can beat Houston, you can beat Jacksonville, and still be a stinky team. Yeah. And like you said, it's entertaining. It is. And I, I think if they beat Houston and come back here for that Thursday night game, it will be a good crowd in the Dome. It'll be a, a, at least, you know, people will be interested a little juice and like that's what's been missing is there just has not been any i i feel like no one cared at all about that patriots game going into it until you know they got up by a lot and then seen people were happy about it but there was not much juice at all i'm curious to see if there's any coming into this sunday i think there's going to be some juice good there's a little you know it's it's not the falcons but i feel like there is definitely a texan saints rivalry yeah, a lot of people from new orleans go work there yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i'll be living there in a few all of years. our college graduates yeah. go move there yeah <laughs> it's the evolution There's... of you know like uh it's uh everybody who you know has any ambition has left and moved to houston yeah so that's nice but the saints are still here exactly and, and that's what and we... those people still like the saints <laughs> And hopefully their kids do, too. (laughs) So there's some juice. So eventually they'll move to the woodlands and they'll be fine. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. If you are going to be at the game or anything, please give us a shout. Polkandkush at gmail.com. We always like hearing from you all. And we are excited 
to know what's going on. All right, we'll be back. We got a little bit of Pelicans. We got some Tulane, and of course, we got your local news. Stick around right here, Pork and Mush. Polk and Kush is brought to you by Crescent 9 THC Seltzer, a highly satisfying and deliciously refreshing cannabis beverage. If you've been a fan of the show for a while, and we know you have, you know we love Crescent 9 THC Seltzer. So we could not be more excited that there is now a new high-potency version, Strawberry Lemonade THC Seltzer with, get this, 50 Five zero milligrams of THC per can. You heard that right. Woo! The seltzer has 50 milligrams of THC in each can, divided into 12 servings with four milligrams per ounce, packing a very potent punch. Crescent 9 high-potency THC seltzer provides a deeply euphoric and relaxing effects to even the most experienced cannabis users now they sent us a crate of this stuff i have had half of one (laughs) and i've been drinking it every night for three weeks this stuff is super powerful look i think i think a lot of listeners uh have had the original crescent nine yes it's mango flavored it's got a beautiful ombre can you can get it at like every bar and venue in new orleans now a lot of people have had that and it's it's a good buzz it's a great alcohol substitute but sometimes you want to blast off into space yes you do and boy howdy have i been a space (laughs) cowboy lately this stuff First off, it tastes very good. It's got lemongrass. It's got strawberry puree. And additionally, it has 50 milligrams of THC. Woo! Woo! This is enough to put Matthew McConaughey down. (laughs) It's 12 servings per can. It is made with hemp-derived cannabinoids and less than 0.3 Delta 9 THC by weight. Crescent 9 Tropical 6 milligram THC seltzer and Strawberry Lemonade 50 milligram THC seltzer are federally legal and available for adults from coast to coast. You can order online right now from CrescentCanada.com and get good vibes delivered directly to your door. You must be 21 or older to purchase or consume THC products. Consult with your doctor before using any cannabis product if you have a medical condition or are taking medications. Put your big boy pants on. That is a sponsor. I'm glad we don't have to do the DraftKings read at the end of that. Oh, my goodness. Do you smoke too much weed? Call <laughs> 1-800-WEED-MAN. If you do it in Indiana, you got to call 877-WEED-DUDE. If you're going, yeah, I know. Uh, so thanks to everybody. Uh, we appreciate all of our sponsors here yeah. at Polk and Kush. We use all of them, too. This that isn't is like, you know, Joe Rogan talking about me undies. <laughs> you saw I got the, I, I've got the cans in the fridge. Yep. They've got them at Zapardo's now. You're a much happier person, so I think That's something's true. working. You know, I go to Zapardo's. I see the weird homeschool kids. <laughs> Zapardo's is like 800. <laughs> I'm presuming Christian teenagers. It's like it's like the kids that couldn't get hired at Chick Fil A because they have an <laughs> earring at Zapardo's, and then I buy the Crescent Nine there, and they're like, "What's that?" I'm like, oh, <laughs> meet me out in the parking lot. Have you ever liked your life? Because yeah. <laughs> you're about to experience what that's like. Um, yeah. The uh... What's going on with uh, Tulane? I've heard rumblings of people upset. Get this on Twitter. Oh, no. People like to be happy and, you know, just talk about what how beautiful life is. Yeah. Sorry, I mean X. Yeah. Oh, please. Um, so Tulane athletic director, former Tulane athletic director, Troy Dannon mm-hmm. took the job, uh, the same job basically at the university of Washington, a fairly common move, you know, moving, uh, basically up from a, uh, AAC school to a big 10 school, mm-hmm. uh, pretty normal. I don't think anybody really faulted him for leaving more money, more budget, more, et cetera. All that's understandable. And everybody basically gave him well wishes on the way out from Tulane. And then what happened? Then he arrives in Washington and does a podcast interview 
Uh, and in it, he basically said, not basically, he literally said, uh, you're never going to win a national championship at Tulane. That's why I wanted to come here, because I can win a national championship here. And while he is uh, 100% correct in that, Tulane is not going to win a football national championship. If you watch Tulane football with the thought that you think they're going to win the national championship at some point, you are going to die disappointed. That's not why we watch Tulane football. Those of us who watch Tulane football watch it because we want to see them win on that Saturday. Mm -hmm. It's not that, you know, that Cotton Bowl was like a strike of lightning that was an incredible, fortunate, wonderful thing. That's why you watch. Not for the endless pursuit of a championship that they are essentially outlawed from winning. And now everyone's saying they can make a 12-team playoff now because there's basically a spot for smaller schools. They're still not going to win the playoff. It was not going to happen. And that's okay. But I don't understand why on your way out the door you got to take a shot like that. It was a ham-handed thing to say. It was a stupid thing to say. It was an ungrateful thing to say to a lot of people who supported you for a long time at a place that paid you extremely well. I think the IRS stuff came out about how much money you know you, you have to if you're a nonprofit you have to disclose your top paid employees even though they're a private institution mm -hmm. and i think he was making over a million dollars to That's be the athletic good. director yeah it's pretty good especially considering you know they did not build a new building as far as no new stadium for football basketball baseball that was all there uh for him when he arrived their conference is significantly worse then when he arrived, they haven't done anything really except for be more successful in football, which I have a hard time crediting the athletic director for. Mm -hmm. I'm more crediting the football coach for, right. which was a good hire for football, a very good hire for football, and the ability to keep him while there was luck involved in that was definitely the crowning achievement of Troy Dannon's you know, uh, tenure in New Orleans. He could have done a lot more with a lot of other sports and done a lot of things, period, that never got accomplished. So to walk out the door and then say, well, you have no chance when you're at a place like Tulane really does just smack people the wrong way. And I completely understand people being offended, but also do not come to me and say that he was wrong. Oh, You can be offended while also admitting that what he said is logical, right? We're all adults here. Are we? Is that is what is what I said not make sense? It makes sense to me. Yes. Okay. Like no one's watching Tulane in the thought that before they die they're going to watch them win the national championship. This isn't like watching the Saints in the Super Bowl. Whatever. Like the Saints had every opportunity that every other team mm -hmm. did to win the Super Bowl, and they happened to win it. You know. Well, 50 th years this in. is falling in line with a recent trend of people leaving the city. And then writing a letter saying, hey, the city stinks. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. This is the same thing. It just involves football, which sure. makes people more upset. Yeah. Than, you know, that artist moving to New York or whatever and yeah. saying New Orleans stinks now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was on a podcast we don't really script out what we're saying. No. You know, we, we've said boneheaded stuff on here before. Um, I My sincere hope is that no one asks for or expects an apology. No. Because maybe it's a slip of the tongue. Maybe it's a jab. Let's just, can we get over as adults pretending like it makes our lives better to hear a stranger apologize for saying something. Yeah. He's also like people give athletic directors a lot of credit, I mm -hmm. suppose, as being particularly smart or captivating. Ultimately, the job is a fundraiser. Yeah. You are basically just the campaign manager picking out the people who are the candidates, which are the coaches. Uh, and you are raising money. That's all you really are there for. So you are essentially a politician. You are not supposed to be someone who is particularly expert at anything. Yeah. Most of these guys, I deal with a lot of them. There are some very friendly, nice, fun people, but they are not like 
the next level. Like coaches are psychopaths because they have to be right. Like mm-hmm. to coach and be in a practice every day and be an expert at this one particular thing. That's a different animal. And these athletic directors are really a lot of times just guys in suits shaking hands of people who care about the institution and they really just care about their job. And there is a, a gap there. Yeah. I would also say it's ridiculous to say, ah, you can't win a national championship at Tulane. I'm going to win one at Washington. Yeah. Which has a, well, they won <laughs> one in 1990. And I think they made the playoff once and got annihilated. And they're really good this year, but that will have nothing to do with him. Right. You know, <laughs> like I, I and and yeah, are you more likely to win at Washington? Too? Sure. But like it, it won't be because of the athletic director. Probably. I don't think anybody's looking at Alabama and going like, man, the athletic director did a hell of a job. Are we overanalyzing that? I, I haven't heard. I don't know if it's like a podcast where they drink and are having fun. Yeah. No, I don't think it was. Yeah. I think it was like a we're Washington fans. Let's have the <laughs> AD on and good for him for talking. And I like Troy Dan. Like, I genuinely like I think he was a nice number? guy. Yeah. Like let's I, call him right let's now. Let's call him right now. Let's see if we'll apologize on the air. And then we can call him a <laughs> pussy. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I just, I, I, I'm not going to get bent out of shape over it. I also am not going to pretend as if it's not a little revealing of his character that if you were sitting there the whole time for eight years running this program that you didn't think the the ceiling was the roof basically you know it was like that there there you had a cap on what you thought the expectation level was and that is disappointing and a little revealing but at the same time i don't think he's wrong and i don't know <laughs> i i feel like there's just nuance that people are just not taking in yeah because they're hurt which is stupid this is the podcast equivalent of a dog chasing its tail am i doing that right now i I feel like what i'm saying makes perfect sense it does make sense okay okay you know we're pillaring the guy for saying something that you completely agree with yes but he shouldn't (laughs) have said it why not because it is he hurt your feelings no because it is revealing that you looked down on the institution in which you worked. Do you think he looked down on it or he just realized they're not going to win a national championship? Yeah, but I think that's part of the problem, right? His jo- your job when yeah. you're in there is to think you're going to win the national championship you and want do everything you can. Optimism. That's the job. Okay. The job is to go there and try to turn that into the guy who took over TCU 20 years ago never thought they were going to win the national championship either. So when these politicians are doing the commercials in their jeans with their family <laughs> saying, I'm not like them, I'm going to do everything the right way, that's what he should be doing, that's believable, that's somebody you can get behind. It would at least express that the vision in his head matched what he's trying to sell. And he's not being fraudulent. He's not. I think, there's, I think that's the word. It's a little fraudulent gotcha. to have done this for this long. And then the day you walk out the door, be like, oh, yeah, all that stuff that I was probably trying to get you to give money for. I never believed any. Of that Have shit. you ever seen half baked? Yeah. You know, when he leaves the rest, the, yeah. the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. <laughs> this is what we're describing. I know. And it's really weird because I do genuinely like Troy Dannon. Give out his phone number right now. OK. <laughs> and, and I do. And I think whoever Tulane hires next will honestly probably believe the same stuff, yet say the same stuff publicly. Mm-hmm. It is just the nature of the job. And the second that they're offered a job that is better or that is bigger and pays more money and has more opportunity, that person's going to leave too. That's the way this works. And the same way that if you were in any job and they offered you more money to do the same job mm-hmm. somewhere else, you'd probably take it. Oh yeah. So I get all of it, but I also think it's ham-handed. And I think it's a little... Um, I think it's it, it's just a, an ugly looking move. Well, when Troy sends back uh, eighteen wheeler full of Brita pitchers for the salt water, <laughs> we'll tell him to send them right back. So I don't know if we got anywhere with that conversation. I think you, we did. Okay, good. I hope so. I hope it was. Are you okay? Somewhat nuanced. I'm sweating a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you know it's a day. Um, 
The other thing that uh, makes no difference, and we'll talk around in circles, is uh, the NBA preseason, which uh, one of the all-time who cares uh, events in sports. Uh, the the defensive intensity of a pre- of an all-star game uh, mixed with the uh, talent level of a summer league game uh, for at least half. And uh, the Pelicans apparently look, uh, we're not watching it because, you know, we have, uh, you know, girlfriends. Um, you have a girl? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Pelicans are getting annihilated right now in the preseason. That's good. If you, lose, if you lose in the preseason, <laughs> that means you're a regular season team. That, that's real. Yeah. I mean, it means nothing. But they look very, very bad. Apparently, the Pelicans are down. Uh, they, they were down at halftime. Let's see. It was a uh, sixty-six to forty at halftime. That seems bad. Oh, that's fine. Uh, Zion uh, was two for three from the field in twenty-one minutes. That doesn't seem great. Uh, that you probably want to get him more involved. But hey, let's look at what's positive. He's wearing a basketball uniform on a basketball court, and he's holding the basketball and trying to score. That's a huge improvement. That sounds to me like he's meeting the Cush criteria. That's all I ask right now. And he actually, in the first preseason game, which I did watch, uh, at least the first half of, he looked like Zion. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch it all that closely, but every time I looked over, he had the ball, he was dribbling through somebody, and Mm -hmm. he was scoring, and it looked like Buzzer beater. (laughs) I mean, he looked like himself. He was going through contact. He looked strong. He looked a little fat. Um and it's fine. Yeah. And, and I think everything else on this team, there weren't that many changes, right? Like the team is basically the same as they were. It's not like they had a huge free agency pickup. They didn't pick in the top five of the draft. We know what this team is. So everything else except for Zion's health is really kind of like a who cares? Yeah. I mean, this team is incredibly different than last season if the players play. Sure. Then that's wildly different. Yeah, but the preseason is completely meaningless for that. Yeah, it was fun. Every good player played 15 minutes and had like 15 points in those 15 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. And then they lost by 93 points yeah. to the Magic. And it's like the bench is going to be very bad. Do you want to know why the bench is going to be very because bad? Because the, the good bench players are all injured. Yeah. yeah. And that happens in the regular season. Guess what? The bench is going to be really bad then. That's true. So it, it, we know all these things. We know exactly who these guys are. And the only thing that matters is that they are able to play and we know when the lights come on in the regular season, what they're capable of, and we know their shortcomings. So whether or not they sucked in game two of the preseason, which obviously they did, I'm sure we'll get a nice report from Christian tomorrow about how awful they truly looked. Um, Then that's whatever. It doesn't matter. They could have lost 200 to nothing as long as Zion didn't get hurt. I don't think it means anything. And is that me being optimistic? Because if they had won 200 nothing, I'd say the exact same thing. In every, in every show, I like to take a point where I might say something and then not and see how many times you'll jump back into your own point. I think that was five right there. <laughs> You're like, well, he's not going to say anything. I just looked at you and he was like, Hippo doesn't seem that interested in what I'm saying right now. I'm absorbing it. I'm a listener, too. I'm a host and a listener. Why am I sweating so much? Because um, <laughs> you're, you're not used to wearing pants. I know, and I'm screaming into the microphone about the dumbest things in the world. <laughs> yeah, the Saints or whatever. Like, uh, and then, But, uh, you know, what Tulane's athletic director sent a podcast for the NBA preseason, then I'm worked up and, like, spitting into the uh, heart of the microphone. I hope Coach Sless never gets in trouble for anything he says on Polk and Kush. Never. He couldn't possibly I don't think it. I don't think it would happen. No, he couldn't get in trouble. He's too nice. He's the best man in the world. He's my best man. <laughs> when I have when a, you marry when your I, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. When I renew my wedding vows at the middle of uh, the center court of Lakefront Arena of a uh, Southland <laughs> Conference game. <laughs> He'll be my best man. Oh, God. All right. On that note, we've got a whole lot of local stuff going on, so you know what you're going to hear about in the NOLA Breakdown. It is the juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and shit. 
tiny little crawdaddy. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> well, finally, some good news for Louisiana. Um, the salt water just went away. It's gone. It was a miracle. I mean, there was... You had some wily source. There was like some guy on a bus screaming that the salt water wasn't coming here anymore. And then you announced to the world that it was done. Mm-hmm. This guy, I don't know who he is, Gomer Pyle, RFD. Mm-hmm. He said that there was going to be no more salt water. And now it seems like it's official uh, from NOLA.com. Saltwater wedge no longer expected to reach these populated areas. And that's good because they're just going to stay in the in the other places yeah. where they've been for months and no one seemingly cares. Unless you're on a muffaletta journey, <laughs> uh, the odds of you really having to go past Belchase in order to get something, if you are in the local news media, are probably pretty low. Yeah. And whenever they whenever they started like ramping up the stories about the saltwater coming here. They would always like whisper at the end. They're like, "The salt water has been somewhere else for four months, though." And then they'd like show some guy using bottled water yeah. in his restaurant, and everyone's like, uh, "Whatever." Yeah, and that's like in the coverage area yeah. of all these news places. Like, yeah, point to the hatch. Like those people are watching your channel right now, going like, "What do you mean <laughs> it does not a problem anymore? It is a problem literally in my house." So, uh, do you trust this? No. I didn't trust any of it, though. How are we going to, how can we ourselves measure the saline level? Are we just going to have to taste it? I guess. Are we going to be thirstier? Are we going to get fatter? When we are all under the ground, Mm -hmm. we can all kind of roll over in the grave and say, I don't think they were telling us the truth. That could, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I feel like if it was real salt water, like, you know, you go to the beach, Mm -hmm. you can tell the difference right yeah i feel like if that were to happen at least someone would notice right i think so maybe i maybe i wouldn't i don't know how often do people drink water out of a tap i mean i drink it out like the filter off my fridge yeah i I do that too salt out no probably not so i guess you'd be able to tell i it just seems too too convenient that it's like massive problem. We don't know how to fix it. This is a huge issue. It's going to last for months. And then in like one day, it's like, ah, we were wrong. Well, don't worry about it. Is there anybody more relieved than Latoya Cantrell who was like, don't you worry. We've got a plan. <laughs> and then and she's putting money into yeah. bags and, <laughs> and, and like, getting, you know, like the every single, uh, you know, gangster movie, whatever is they're getting ready to flee town. You know, Tony Soprano pulls it from, you know, the uh, from, from the inside the air ducts of his house. That's what she was doing, just taking money around City Hall and just like stuffing it into her backpack and getting ready to leave town. Well, it says that the change is largely the result of augmentation of the existing underwater sill and increased flows of the Red River, requiring less diversion at the old river control structure. It's nice that some people have jobs that matter. Yeah, I know. Like, there are people that know what that means. (laughs) There's people that know how to direct water and pipelines and all this. I don't. I don't do anything. Oh, no, I know. I work at a cinder block factory, <laughs> and when I get there at nine, I move all the blocks to the other side of the factory, and then at lunch, I move all the blocks back to the other side of the factory. Yeah. My job means nothing, and there are people that know how water and the earth work. And you know what? You probably make just as much money as them. I Maybe so. <laughs> the craziest yeah. part. There's people who literally just show up in courtrooms and say, my client got in a car wreck. And they're like, well, you're a gajillionaire now. And the guy who's like, well, we've measured the water and where it's coming from here and here. We're all going to be able to survive now. And they're like, well, you make uh, 50 grand. And that guy uh, has a house in Aspen. <laughs> cool. Cool economy we got here. Nothing is fair. Yeah. Well, what else is going on? Steve Scalise, uh, he might be the new Speaker of the House, potentially. I heard he might be pulling out now. Replacing Kevin, what's his face? McCarthy. Well, Trump uh, said that Scalise was too sick 
And there are, I guess, rumors saying that Trump wants to be Speaker of the House, which would be very funny. He just wants to be everything, which is kind of like, you know, do you ever have, I, I mean, he, before I say this, you didn't. At school, <laughs> you could run <laughs> for like, you know, student government. Okay. And there was, uh, we always had like one kid who ran in every race. <laughs> like, I want to be the president. I want to be the vice president. I want to be in the council. I want to, you know, whatever the honor. Go- and it would just run for everything, everything that popped up. It's like, you know, Bob Cheese, you can only do so many things. Donald Trump, I think, just wants to do all the jobs. He's not going to actually do any of them, so it's easy to hold all the jobs when you're not going to actually do them anyway. I did run for school president being homeschooled. <laughs> what did your mom say? I lost to the lady that ironed our clothes. <laughs> she was a more important figurehead in the school. What Steve Scalise and I go way back. Uh-huh. I used to print uh, his Mardi Gras bags in like 2011. That's awesome. There was like somebody in his household like just drew a picture on like a cocktail napkin. Okay. And they were like, can you print these on Mardi Gras bags? So I did that. I had no idea who he was. And uh, it wasn't until recently, you know, there was the baseball thing and all the other shit. But uh, the baseball thing is the others. Did you yada yada over him getting shot in the head? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The baseball thing. It was during a baseball game. A baseball. Yeah, sure. Practice game, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Agreed. 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 But the story. Yada, yada, yada. He got shot. It's fine. Well, I'm yada, yadaing to something uh, much bigger. Okay. Which is Sorry. Him, him saying uh, that he is comparable to David Duke Ooh. without the baggage. This is something he said <laughs> about himself. David Duke. Was that his Bumble profile? <laughs> yeah, it's on his whites only grinder profile. Um I don't I don't know how familiar you are with David Duke. <laughs> familiar enough. The baggage is kind of the point of David Duke. Yeah. When you get beyond the baggage of David Duke, is there anything else? I feel I, I feel like he's a man of only baggage. I, he is human baggage. Considering he is a very public racist, and not just like your racist neighbor. This guy was a professional. Like on yes. Link, on LinkedIn, one of his skills is racism. <laughs> he's like he he is a yes, he's a professional. He's like the evangelical of racism. He's like the LeBron of yeah. well, I guess he's like the Larry Bird. <laughs> he's the Joel Osteen <laughs> of racism. He's managed to convince people to give him money to continue to be more racist. To say you're David Duke got the baggage just means like, I'm a guy who lives in Metairie. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Does anyone know one policy that David Duke stood for? Was he for low taxes? Did anyone get to that part of the argument (laughs) when he was running for office? Like, uh, you know, I'm for the small business administration. Like, I don't think it ever came up in one of the debates. It doesn't matter how many bullet points you have on the brochure (laughs) when the top one is Grand Wizard. It doesn't matter if the next one is universal income, universal health care. That's a hard one to get over up top yeah. to be flouting that as a potential nominee for speaker of the house i think is a bit askew yeah i'm page three of the pdf of david duke's uh platform i don't think that's gonna work no well uh but you know steve scalise has managed just like almost every other politician has managed to sort of like lay under the radar as everyone hates Congress and everything it stands for, whatever, but they all just continue to vote in their own individual congressman year after year after year. And he's just been there for a long time now. He's never said anything that the majority of people here have ever noticed. Mm -hmm. And so they just continue to, I think I have lived in his district the entire time because it was like gerrymandered up the river bend and like part of Orleans parish for a while. Um, and it doesn't matter. No one ever talks about him. It never really comes up. And now you might have a Speaker of the House from Metairie and a uh, Supreme Court Justice from Metairie. So this country going to hell. 
Well, I I just pulled up NOLA.com, and the headline is that Steve Scalise has dropped out of the bid. Well, this is uh, timely. It says that the replacement is uh, Donald Sterling. (laughs) Without the package. (laughs) (laughs) Former owner of the Clippers, (laughs) Donald Sterling, is going to be running... Um, his, <laughs> I'm like Genghis Khan without the baggage. His uh, competition is uh, oh Don Imus, <laughs> and uh, Anthony from Opie and Anthony. Those are the three. Uh, Lauren Bobert, speaker of the house. Yes. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Uh, yeah, sounds good. All right, everybody. Thank you also very, very much for listening. We love each and every one of you. Please follow us on X Twitter at Polk and Kush, where Polk drops some jokes. Uh, thank you for listening. Tell your friends. We lo- support the Garden Gate Landscape Company as well as Crescent Canna and DraftKings promo code Polk and Kush. We love each and every one of you. See ya.